When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another positive episode of In That Number. Dumped out of the cup in midweek to Derby, but we bounced back with a strong win. Um, well, really incredible display against Everton on Saturday. I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Before we start, I'd like to draw your attention to our Twitter. You can find us on at number podcast and follow me at RayHunt84, my co-host on at Moscow Mush. And if you could leave us a five star review, that will help out massively. You can also send us an email, you know, with any questions or thoughts to in that number podcast at gmail.com. That's in that number podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll read it out. And we'll... uh, now I'd like to bring in my enthusiastic co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Hello, Kev. Hello, Ray. Good week? Um, yes, I'm feeling right as rain, despite the horrific cold that I've been battling with the last few days. Um, I'm feeling very positive. Good. Why, why is that? Well, um, not over, only if we just had uh, back-to-back wins for the first time in living memory. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've just uh, come off from recording with Matt Markstone from the Southampton Delivery Podcast, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. So that, that, that episode will be out for, for you on Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, make sure you uh, have a listen to that. But we'll post that up on our Twitter and and probably Facebook as well, so you can um, yeah you can hear that. It's a good it's a good listen. Um, news this week. Um, I, I want to start off by saying about the meet and speak session. Uh, it was on Thursday, uh, Thursday the seventeenth this week, um, with the chairman Ralph Kru- Ralph Kruger, Ralph Hasenhutl, and the managing director Toby Steele. Uh, I don't want to bore you too much with all the details, but um, did you hear about this? Yeah, 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 I think Mark shared it with us as well. Oh, he did, yeah. Mark, uh, Mark Griffiths on Twitter shared out some of it. So, um, you know, a, f- a few of the points that was was coming out of the meeting that I wanted to discuss with you. Some injuries that we've been picking up because of the style of play 
and the, Ob- the fact that Oberfemi doesn't look after himself and he needs to be more professional. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, must, I suppose that's just um, a bit of the collateral damage, and we've got the depth of squad to kind of deal with that, really, haven't we? He's still pretty young as well, isn't he? So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, some targets in mind for this window, but they have to be long-term. So mm. it's kind of something that they have, you know, discussed, that they are looking to bring in players. Whether we will or not, I don't know. Um, Summer will see overhaul of the squad um, to get us back to where we wa- where we want to be in Europe. Ooh. So, big, you know, big plans in the summer, hopefully. Yeah, forget uh, Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg on the radar of elite clubs in Europe uh, due to his development. Uh, that is the model that we're reverting back towards, buy cheap, develop into top players, and then you know, end up at elite clubs. What do you think about that? Um, that's fine. I'm, I'm not sure about Hoiberg specifically. I think it would take maybe... Another season, because um, yeah, I mean we've we've seen players a bit like him, haven't we? Move on to other clubs. Um, I'm thinking more of like you know Victor Wanyama, Morgan Schneiderlin, um, that, that have been in the squad for a long Pretty term. Sure. Yeah, you can say a lot about the Liverpool the Liverpool team now. Well, no, I mean not sort of. I mean the Liverpool ones. They're more of sort of young startlets that uh, we managed to up their game and they really impress and it's clear that they need to move on to better things whereas with um, oh I see what you're saying yeah Schneidlin no, he was in there for the long haul and then yeah, yeah. yeah he's done uh, Jose Fonte as well yep so yeah it'd be a shame to let him go yeah I mean he's he's massively important to us this season so uh, and you know you just want to keep hold of that I suppose. but he has been at um, he's been at Bayern Munich as well hasn't he I think we got him from Bayern Munich yeah, so yeah. he's been at big clubs so Maybe there's a possibility of going back there. I don't know. Um, Callum Slattery, Ralph Hasenhutl likes him. Um, he thinks he's the most advanced uh, in his development. He likes Valerie, um, but needs to improve heading. And uh, he thinks Oberfemi is another rough diamond also. Yeah, Ralph Kruger and Toby Steele reiterated about owner allowing all money made by the club on transfers and operations go back into, into playing squad. Um so no money has been taken out by Gao. So basically everything that we're making from the transfers is going straight back into that fund. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Not making that much as it, at the moment as it is anyway. No. Um, well, we took a loss on Gabbiadini, didn't we? Well, it's only a slight loss. Yeah. And he, he's aged as well. Yeah. Uh, South Car Park to be made into a fan zone uh, on match days, subject to council approval, maybe in the spring or the start of next season. Yeah, that's something that excites me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I like the atmosphere um, around the grounds before the match. You know, with the Saints brass and um, yeah, all the crowds filling. If there's, there's somewhere that uh, um, that all the fans could safely sort of hang out and and uh, yeah, get geared up for the match, I think that would be that'd be great. Yeah, um, a couple of, a couple of other things that weren't really. Too interesting, but one that did catch my eye was the club actively exploring ways to move away uh, move away fans, as they acknowledge it gives them uh, the away team advantage by increased atmosphere. You know, all subject to police and council approval. So, they, 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 what they want to want to move the away fans away? Yeah, that's something that's been discussed at the fan forum as well, and it's yeah. been doing the rounds on Twitter. Um, I think logistically, it's going to be difficult to, with all the season ticket holders up in the northern end. Um, yeah, potentially being moved to the other side of the ground. What, uh, out of the stadium? That'd be nice. 
<laughs> well, yeah, remove the, the away other fans. side of the seats. Yeah, just take them out. Yeah, <laughs> have to watch it on big screens in the fan zone now. That's what it's for, really. It's the away fan zone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean the the, the whole idea that um, the away team in the second half always is play, playing towards uh, well, kind of a home crowd, I suppose. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, compared to what some of the other clubs do. It's it's quite a decent away game for 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 yeah. the away fans. Sure. Um, and Hassan Hurtle says that we are better defensively. I mean, we, we talked about this with um, Matt Markstone on his show earlier, but he says how um, we're better defensively with five at the back than not effective in attack, as no pressure at the top of the field. Whereas more effective going forward with a, with a back four, but not organised enough in defence. So lack of quality in, in one-on-one situations when defending, plus no firefighter in front of the back four to protect them. So, you know, pros and cons for both of those those formations. But at the moment, you know, five at the back seems to be working with the wing backs. Yeah, this is the same quandary that uh, Mark Hughes was facing, and he didn't find a solution. I think Ralph's pretty much settled with uh, a back five. Yes, yeah, so you can play. Um, you can play three-four-three, or uh, yeah, you can move to five at the back uh, when needed. And it seems to be working for us fine. And, you know, the, the, the one thing that you, you didn't say was the fact that Wesley Hoop's not playing in the five or the, or the four. So that's the big difference. Yeah, I think um, maybe. So, yeah, we're, we're waiting to move Wesley Hoop on just because uh, Mark Hughes wants to take his lover to whatever next club he's going to manage and do his old destroying accent. Pompey? <laughs> yes, yeah, go on, you're welcome to him. You're welcome to both of them. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was about it from that. So overall, it was pretty, you know, pretty positive. So fans say. Um, you got any more news that you want to touch on? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep it up with the transfer rumours as long as the January window's open. So um, yeah, from various news outlets, apparently we've been looking at Chris Metham and Ollie Watkins at Brentford. No, um, that one. Yeah, I mean, these are just rumours. Um, so, yeah, uh, at Genk in Belgium, uh, we've been looking at uh, Denmark under-21 attacking right-back Joachim Mähler. No. Um, oh, yes, I did read that, sorry. Yeah, I did read about that. Yeah. And, I remember reading it thinking, oh, I should say that on the podcast, but then I thought, no, I can't pronounce his surname, so I'll let Kev deal with that one. Well, I tried my best uh, with my elementary Dutch skills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, apparently, we're close to uh, making a £400,000 deal for 16-year-old Motherwell winger Stuart McKinstry. Mm. Okay, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing him in the first-team squad, even if it does go through. Um, and, yeah, some vague rumour about uh, Macca going off to Leeds United. Um, yeah, yeah, there's no there's no, uh, there's no truth in that one. No, Mac is not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't think there could be a link with uh, Saints' interest in uh, Leeds's 18-year-old winger Jack Clark. Mm, okay. Um, but the one that really stood out for me, I mean, there's probably a couple of them that were Messi. a little bit ex- exciting. Yeah, Lionel Messi wants to see out his career on the south coast. It's been his dream since he was a child growing up in Argentina. But he said he only wants to come over if Neymar comes with him. Yeah, and if uh, Matt Latiz holds his hand as he goes out through the tunnel each match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no. Uh, 
so apparently Ralph wants to bring in Jean-Kevin Augustin, the pacey 21-year-old French striker for Red Bull Leipzig, and he looks like a very interesting prospect. Yes, he does. I've heard that. That looks good. And very good pronunciation there as well. Well done. Oh, merci beaucoup. Yeah, um, yeah, he looks like he could be the next Sadio Mane. So, um, yeah, heard it here first. And also, yeah, also in Red Bull Leipzig, their centre-back and captain, Willy Orban. So if either of those two comes in, or both, then, uh, yeah, I think that would be brilliant. But, I mean, it, it could be in January, could be in the summer. Are talking about Messi? Or? Um, no, so Messi. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've got Nathan Redmond. He plays on the left, he plays on the right, and he makes Messi look shite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's it um, for rumours. That's it for rumours, and just a little bit of an international update. Um, as Yoshi's travels around the United Arab Emirates, Piss it. <laughs> United Arab Emirates. Mm. So I think I drank a little bit too much coffee before the... <laughs> mm. um, a little international update as uh, Yoshi makes his travels around the United Arab Emirates. Uh, he played the, the full 90 minutes as Japan defeated Oman 1-0. And the, he was an unused substitute as they beat Uzbekistan 2-1. That leaves Japan top of Group F, unbeaten, and they play Saudi Arabia in the last 16. Today, in fact, as the podcast comes out on Monday, the 21st of January. Excellent. That's, that's I feel update. like that, that, that little Yoshi Travels segment should have a theme tune to it. Yeah, <laughs> like an 8-bit sort of computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get on it. Um, All right. Any, any more news? That's it. Okay, um... With that, we'll go straight into the Derby game. So, Derby midweek FA Cup replay, uh, 2-2, lost 5-3 on penalties. Goals from Stuart Armstrong and Nathan Redmond, and Derby goals for Harry Wilson and, what was it, Waghorn, wasn't it, in the dying mm-hmm. few minutes. Starting 11, Angus Gunn again. Uh, Ramsey, Stevens, Vestergaard, Cedric and Tyreek Johnson. And then the midfield of Romeo, Ward-Prowse, Elianusi, Armstrong and Long up front on his own. Um, what do you think about that one? Well, yeah, I think we're, again, we're just one player too short of being strong enough to get through. I think it was either you're going to put out the youth and just say, well, Kesarasara, or you put out a strong side and get through to the next round and look for a great cup run and an easier game um, away at Accrington Stanley. But yeah, I think I think just yeah, one one less youth player, and I think we would have the strength. And Redmond, um, when he did come on, completely changed the game. We were just two different sides. And yeah. If we'd have put him on the first half, he'd have done his business, and then we could uh, bring on a defender. I mean, you've got Bednarik and Target on the bench there. Bring them on, see out the game, and then we're home and dry. But it just wasn't quite enough. I don't think he wanted to do that with Everton in mind, though, did he? It kind of like, as you say, it was a bit of a mixture in the team selection. So he... He he did have the the player. He did have the youth players in there to give him a, you know, give him a game. But he, he kind of like, didn't take it seriously enough, but then again, he did think that we had the players on the fi- on the field to to win that game. Uh, and 
He's shot himself in the foot a bit because he's knackered out a few players that have now played two hours of football, some of them, and then you've got a game coming up against Everton at the weekend. So, yeah, yeah it's a, a gambit that didn't quite pay off. In hindsight, though, I mean, do you think he sh- he should have given more Prowse and Romeo 120 minutes with Everton in mind? Knowing, by the way, that you've got Hoiberg returning for that game. Yeah, I mean, with um, Ward Prowse and Romeo, I think you could probably say that with with Hoiberg coming in, and that's that's not huge thing in in there, is there? But um, but ideally, yeah. you don't need 120 minutes. I mean, from two 0 up, you, you're not looking at extra time. You you want to see this game out. But typical Saints, you know. Yeah, I mean, this this game was played two weeks early, in my opinion, because it was just Groundhog Day. It was the same thing that we saw in in the uh, away tie. Yeah, Redmond really stamping his mark. We go two two goals up and just throw it away in just a really sloppy fashion. Yeah, um, I want to talk about Tyreek Johnson with you. Um, how do you think he did in his? Well, 45 minutes on his first start. Yeah, because we had a little bit of a hot debate on this in the first half. Oh, no, it wasn't a hot debate. It was just, it was something that, uh, it kind of confused me a bit. Yeah, I thought thought he did fine. I thought, well, there's good and bad parts of it, but I thought he started so well. I thought he was up and down that wing. I thought he put a couple of crosses in. And those ones should have been put away by long. And if they had been put away by Long, then people would have been saying how great Long was and how great Johnson was. They weren't. So, and he made a couple of sloppy passes, sure. He he gave the ball away a lot. He he got his book in, a silly book in. But overall, I don't think he was that bad. And I don't think he was yanked because he didn't want another Valerie situation. Exactly. And that's why I said he, he looks a bit of a liability. Because yeah, he was giving the ball away and he looked a bit hot-headed and frustrated. And the, uh, I, I saw another Jan Valerie playing out with him being sent off before the first half was over. Luckily, it didn't happen and um, yeah, he managed to take him off at half-time. But, I mean, you can understand. I mean, th- these kids are getting next to no minutes. Um, his eagerness to impress, knowing that he's not going to get, may not get you know, many more chances. Sure. He's just going to run around and do everything he can. You, you can understand it, and the, the the criticism that he got because of it is just unwarranted. I feel. No, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not slagging off, but I'm saying like, yeah, he's a rough diamond, and he did show moments of brilliance. But uh, yeah, you can't afford to be ten men down um, in the first half. No. Okay. No, he was right to come off. I think. Yeah, because mm-hmm. to say you don't want another Valerie Valerie situation. Um, the, another talking point that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I know we've we've discussed this many times before, and it isn't going to be the last. Um, the VAR situation. <laughs> where, do you, where do you stand on this? My um, position hasn't changed. Um, are you talking specifically about the disallowed goal in the first half? Or yes, yes, specifically. I mean, I know how you feel about VAR, but um, yeah, in general, th- this decision. I think this is just a perfect example of um, my criticism of it, is that it it takes away the pace of the game. Um, I got fed up with um, Danny Murphy. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. Him, I think I tweeted bang, about it as well. Yeah, just banging on about it. Um, yeah, I don't think it really really should have been given that. Um, and well, you, you think know, the goal was right to be disallowed? 
Uh, no, no, I, I think you probably should have stood. I think in, in any other circumstance, you probably would have stood. But um, VAR takes away the pace uh, of the game and for the fans in the stadium. I mean, they had already, um, you know, lined up at the halfway line. They were ready to kick off, kick off again, and they still didn't know uh, whether the goal had been allowed or not. And no, it just takes but, away the entertainment. But it was on the screens. It was saying VAR is 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 watching, so the players should know. I mean, it's the, what more can they do? Well, to me, right, the time doesn't make a difference. If you're getting these decisions right, I don't care how long it takes. Obviously, but within we- reason. Uh, and, and I think they made the right decision. I, looking back at it now, I mean, how? I mean, okay, you can say his shoulder kept him on side, but how, mm-hmm. how is a defender supposed to know that his shoulder is keeping him on side? No one's going to play for that. And I think they made the right right decision. They looked at it and thought, oh, we're just going to check just to, just to make sure he wasn't offside. I think they made the right decision. Yeah, it was very, very tight. Yeah, it was tight either way. But yeah, I, I've got no no problems with it. I mean, I think if he had been offside, clearly, and the goal, and they didn't look at VAR, we would have been hard done by. We would have been saying it again. We'd have been calling for VAR. Of course. Um, and you know, likewise with Derby as well. With, you know, you can feel aggrieved either way. But I, I think it's there to to stop things like that. If there's a you know, if there's a chance that he could be offside, what's wrong with, cha- with taking a look? If it's going to save you three points or a cup exit, I'm all for it. I still think it's a good decision. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it didn't matter either way. Derby weren't robbed, whatever way you look at it. No, I suppose not. Um, positives um, from the from the Derby game. What are you taking from it? Um, another good Redmond performance. Um, Ammunity yeah. wasn't total shit. Um, yeah, he had moments, and he had he had the assist. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think after seventy or so minutes, there were there were positives there. But I mean, they were just completely nullified by the way we we just let in a couple of sloppy goals. Yeah, the second one in particular for me, the the, the free the free header, it's just a common theme. That they need to sort out. Um, but yeah, positives. I, f- I suppose you can look at the, you know, we've got two free weekends now. Um, so you can rest up and put yeah. 100% into Premier League survival. Um, yeah, and as you said about Redmond, he's becoming more and more important for us. As you saw, he changed the game when he came on. Having said that, I mean, he, I think he should have scored an extra time. And there was a moment when he took a wild shot when he could have slipped it through for, um, I think it was Elianusi. Um, say nothing of the penalty as well no I'm not going to say anything about that it was a poor penalty but I'm not going to take that as a um, did you see or did you hear rather when he missed the penalty the fans were shouting VAR VAR that was brilliant yeah it did make me laugh even though we just we just just missed a penalty I was laughing but it had to be him and when the penalties were up when I saw um, Vestergaard step up I, I God, I had my head in my hands I thought why is he taking a penalty this can't be happening that's the right penalty. But took it well, yeah, and as did Target, yeah, he took, took their penalty as well. Um, but yeah, as you can say, go, 2 0 up, dropping a 2 0 lead again, we were so comfortable, well, I wouldn't say we were so comfortable, but we, you know, at that point when we were 2 0, at no point did I think this was going to happen again. Um, and then the first run went in. Uh, the first goal was like a free kick. Do you think any blame needs to be attached on Angus Gunn? Ooh. It's difficult. It's yeah. difficult to give the give the man uh, give the the goalkeeper. I mean, it was a free kick on the edge of the box. He just swung it in. It went untouched, and Angus Gunn was a little bit late to it. I don't know. I mean, 
Uh, sometimes the the, 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 um, the fans give you the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes they don't. But um, I just wondered what your what your opinion was on that. I was more annoyed at Stevens for playing all the for playing the whole of Derby County onside. Yeah. Okay. Because that could have been disallowed if if it wasn't for him. That's true. Yeah. Um, and overall, it's just game management. It's an, it was an utter embarrassment to happen again. Um, you know, and we we paid the penalty quite literally. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, man of the match for you in this game? <laughs> Don't have to. Um, yeah. See, I want to say Redmond, but I mean that penalty still sticks in my mind. And um, I don't know that I can give it to him. Uh, do, you, do you have any candidates other than other than Redmond? Yeah, I think um, uh, James Wood Prowse. I thought he was um, he was my man of the match, and I thought he was brilliant. Uh, it's another. He's just just getting better and better under Hasenhut. So and, and I was wrong because I didn't think he was good enough for this team, and I thought he was just going to be a, a bench warmer for the rest of his career, at least here anyway. But his his passing is so much better. Um, his aggression as well. I mean, if you notice the, the, the amount of um, balls that he's winning in the middle of the park now. He's getting stuck into everything. And he is deserving the minutes that he's getting. I thought he had a brilliant game. So, yeah, I'd give him 9 out of 10 on that. And, uh, man of yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, I mean, Romeu. Romeu was good. He does his job well. Um, and he's getting back to his best right now, which is good. He found another gear and extra time as well. It's like... You expect these sort of players to be, you know, leggy and cramp up, but he just he played all night. I thought Romania was great, and especially in extra time. Yeah, well, it was. I don't know. It was too little, too late. So you're going to take Redmond? I can't give it to Redmond. I think, um, yeah. I mean, Prowse, he made some some great crosses in the first half, and yeah, also I mean, scored he was, a, also scored a penalty as well. Scored a penalty, yeah. Um, uh, not in this match, though. Yeah, penalty shootout. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that first penalty. That no, but that, that's what he does. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, he hits the ball well. He knows how to hit a ball. Yeah, penalty for him, no question. Uh, that that's fine. But yeah, and he was just he was there. He, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I can't. I still can't give it to Redmond. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna um, tag along with you and give it to, to James Ward Browns. Okay, fair enough. Good decision. Um, so now we go to Everton. So we won two one. I don't know if you heard. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goal from James Ward Prowse. A beautiful goal from James Ward Prowse, and uh, a bizarre uh, Dean own goal. Um, and then in the ninety first minute, Sigurdsson, Gilfie Sigurdsson popped up and, and poked one in for Everton. Um, starting lineup. So Wemp McCarthy back in goal. Went with the wing backs of Valerie and Target. Bednarek, Stevens and Vestergaard continued in defence. Uh, and James Ward Prowse Romeo and Hoyberg returns. Redmond just behind Ings. So Ings comes back. Uh, and obviously um, Hoyberg Valerie. back from his suspension. And Valerie back from his suspension also. Um, yeah, what do you think about the uh, the lineup? Any Any surprises? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how Hoiberg was going to fit in. Um, uh, Valerie back was kind of kicked. Cedric shifted him out of the squad. Um, that's fine. I think we know that he, he does like Valerie. 
Um, Hoiberg. Hoiberg? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, Hoiberg and Romeu um, in a holding role and Warpress in, in, in the centre mid. Um, yeah, that, that all worked out well. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was great. And Ings, basically the lone striker, and then Redmond, I think he just played wherever he bloody well wanted, didn't he? Just behind, yeah. And I, I've been saying for weeks as well that I want to see him play through that centre, and he's, he's flourishing. This is mm. great. I love it. Um, yeah, he was getting up the, the wings um, with, with, with Target. I mean, I thought they, they linked up um, brilliantly uh, in the first half. Yeah, well, from what, you know, Target went off quite early, but from what he did contribute, I thought he was one of his better games that I've seen him this season. So it was a shame to lose him to yeah. injury so early. But yeah, um, I, I was happy with the formation. I think it's, it is working. And I also think that when Ryan Birchin comes back, we're going to be even stronger. Um, and Hoiberg coming back, you know how important he is. Um, you know, you've got Hoiberg, James Ward-Prowse, and you've got Romeu playing so well. And there is healthy competition now, and you've still got Lamina. Oh, Armstrong didn't even get into that starting line. Armstrong we expected couldn't him get in to because, start. It, because they were very like heavy in the midfield as well. Yeah, mm. so you can see why that um, they let Stephen Davis go because if if you've got all those players playing on the, you know to top of their you know as top as the, the the best they can play, where does it leave Lamina? Where does it leave Stephen Davis? Obviously, they've looked at him for yeah. Davis can go to get some some first team football but yeah I mean when Lamina comes back is he going to fit in? I, I, I'm struggling to see where and now we're out of the cup I mean it's just, this is just it now isn't it the league This is what I mean about all these transfers that we were being linked with I don't want to spoil this 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 thing that we've got now especially in the midfield I mean I've been calling for a a creative midfielder, someone that can that can win games, and it looks like at the moment that James Ward-Prowse is doing that. He's got the aggression at the moment. He's got the passing. He's got the goals as well. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil that. And he can and, sit sit back and um, yeah, just sit right in front of the defence and and um, clear up that way. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, Ings back in the team as well. Um, again, some the only person that seems to be consistently scoring for us. Um, what did you make of his performance yesterday? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's sort of playing in patches, and what we did see of him was was positive. But I'm not in, entirely sure if he's up to full fitness yet. I think I don't uh, think he's ever going to be up to full fitness, is he? Oh no, he's he, he's never going to play the full ninety minutes, especially not at the pace that Ralph's demanding from the team. But yeah, I mean, he he, he was um, getting on the end of. Um, uh, a lot of balls and um, yeah, putting them through. I think the the Redmond, well, the Dean on, on goal, um, that came yeah. off Bellings pass, and um, yeah, yeah, and just before half time as well, he, he managed to um, push through the defence and and get a shot on there. So yeah, I mean, so he's making making his self, um, yeah, he was making an impact. Yeah, Vestergaard. Um, what, what do you think about Vestergaard yesterday? I think the whole defensive line had um, a very good match. Um, he looks to have definitely improved under under Ralph. Uh, Stevens as well. I mean, he he had been on and off before, but he seems to be a lot more consistent. And Bednar. I guess now, yeah. I guess now with um, sorry, Yoshida being away, um, they're getting consistent games and playing with the three. Uh, yeah, it's. 
it's, it's, it's a good little trio they've got going there. Yeah, and Beth Nowak has just uh, just been an absolute star. Um, it's going to be a real, real battle royale when Yoshida comes back to see um, what what back three does go with. Yeah, um, Bednarek uh, just proving Mark Hughes wrong that he was mm. wrong to leave him in the wilderness and keep playing hoot. Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a, a question that we had on Matt Markstone's show was the. Um, when Yoshida does return, does he get into the team? These are all good problems. I mean, you've got players, yeah. players and backup that you you feel deserve, you know, minutes and like Lamina, like Yoshida, and indeed Armstrong as well. Like, where where are they going to fit? Because I mean, the way I see it now, the only person that is going to come back and go straight into that side is is Bertrand, mm-hmm. because the team we play against Everton, why we'd have no need to change it. So yeah. if if we have, let's just say for argument's sake, we have got Yoshida back, we have got Lamina, we've got Bertrand, we've got Austin, all these players are back and healthy. I still would go with how we played against Everton, and that is really unfair to Stuart Armstrong because he was our Player of the Month last month. Mm. So like I say, it's 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 good healthy problems to have. Yep, first team problems. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, the stats on this game that we, we talked about on the other show also as well. Um, possession, we were like behind on possession. Well, I don't quite remember. I can't quite remember what the possession was. But it was like thirty-nine percent, was it? Thirty-nine sixty-one, which is actually yeah. higher than um, in pretty much all of the games that we've played under Aston Hootel. Well, I mean, you, you can imagine that our possession would have would have been down against Chelsea, but you know, stubborn, kept their line uh, and kept the goals out. So obviously it doesn't matter possession, um, and, and yesterday was no you know no different. Thirty nine percent possession. I think at half time we had more attempts than them. I'm not sure what it was at, at full time. Do you know the Do you know the stats? I don't have the half time stats. No. Well, the half time stat we had six attempts to, to their two. Okay. Um, but then we don't dominate possession. So this is the thing. I, I'm, are we sitting back, uh, holding our line, being stubborn? Saying to them, you know, you 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 come and get get past us, and if you make a mistake, we're gonna we're gonna attack. Yeah. And with the newfound press and energetic style that they play, it looks like they have been working on counter attacking because you saw that a couple of times yesterday. As soon as Everton lost the ball, boom, Saints were right on it. Yep. Straight at the other end of the field. So possession matter to you? I mean, no, we're not playing a, a possession game. I mean, we're not. Uh... Masters of Tiki Taka, are we? Um, and yeah, that, that's how we play. And yeah, I mean, you, you can't pass the ball around that much and and uh, run and press at the pace we do. Um, but yeah, it's just the game we play. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the goal, the uh, James Ward-Prowse goal. Talk me through it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's a really poor clearance from Zuma that falls to Prowse and. Yeah, rather than run through the defence, he just just shoots through it from about 25 yards out. He catches Pickford off his line slightly, and yeah, just absolute no chance, screamer. Yeah. But I think in that, you know, when he was fighting for that ball, I say fighting for the ball, there was a loose ball that he he broke away from Gay at that, at that point, and his desire to get to the ball, and yeah, he could have had a pass to his right, decided to have a go. As I said earlier, 
he knows and we all know how well he can strike a ball and it's paid off so I, I, I am so pleased for him and it was a yeah gave Pickford no chance brilliant um, and the, the, the away uh, sorry the, the, the second goal strange one yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I've, st- I've watched it so many times now and I'm just thinking it looked like Redmond didn't know that uh, Dean was behind him yeah. he, 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 I, I think he thought he had more time on the ball because he was kind of he wasn't sprinting toward goal he was just like holding back and he sort of like looked over his shoulder at that moment that he came in and you know just toe poked it in the bottom corner so yeah thanks for that yeah cheers mate <laughs> yeah um uh, and we saw earlier uh, later on as well that the redmond and gay had a bit of a tussle um redmond was pretty lucky there if i say need to get booked for him yeah i mean there was a bit of a shove so yeah and he kept on as well that's the thing he kept on arguing about it, and i thought he's going to get himself sent off here but no uh but sigurdsson poked one in at the end won won the game 2-1 how nervy were you towards the end especially when those added minutes kept coming kept going oh my god I mean uh, at the 90 minute mark I couldn't believe it I thought this is the the, the best 90 minutes of football we've played all season this is perfect yeah. nice comfortable win yeah um, and just the, the clock just ticks into added time and we we, we we couldn't clear it. I mean, Vestergaard heads it, or Prousey heads it. I think the whole team just is trying to clear it, but can't. And then yeah, Sigurdsson just smacks it in. And you think that, oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go again. I was <laughs> and, prepared. And it was a prolonged suffering, wasn't it? It was nearly nine minutes of added yeah. time. Yeah. Bloody hell! Yeah, I, I was so nervous. I was just a mirror image of Ralph Hassan, who was just just screaming, you know, "Blow the bloody whistle!" Yeah. <laughs> Put an end to it. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. My, and when it happened, it was just the relief and the. Pa- you could see the passion on Hassan Hurtel as well, even before the yeah. whistle went. He was so anxious to get that whistle blown. But yeah, at the end of the game, no, and he ran onto the pitch, and I noticed that he was. He went around and hugged every single one of his players. Um, I really like to see that. Yeah, so, yeah, means so much to him and to, to all the players as well, and, and the fans as well. We haven't felt like this in a long time. Yeah, of course. So, second home win this season. Still, it's hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> you look at it, it's only two home wins. It's... And they both come under row. Yeah, still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. But, you know, looking at the fixtures, so we got Crystal Palace next at home. Then we go to Burnley, and then we're at home to Cardiff. And I think we've got Fulham towards the end of February as well. So, you know, I, I fancy nine points in those, you know, Palace, Burnley and Cardiff. And I think I think we can get it. Yeah, we should do. Yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got 10 days off now, or 11 days off. We've got no cup competitions. You know, Ryan Burchin should be back. We should be well-rested, confident. You know, and I think Crystal Palace have got a cup game to play they've got a full for NFA Cup game to play so and I, th- I do believe that that's like three days before the Saints game also so it depends on how serious they want to take that FA Cup game but yeah so we, we've got to be looking at these, this fixture just now thinking how many points can we get out of the, how, how many points can we actually get out of these and you know the potential where we could be in the league at the end of at the end of January sorry at the end of February yeah these, these are three winnable fixtures the, the Palace, I mean, Palace, they're a bit of a wild card. I mean, 
they can um, take it to the biggest of clubs. So yeah, it's, we're not in for an easy ride there. But yeah, I mean, Burnley have, have been well atrocious up until very very recently, and then they've managed to get a good run of fixtures. Um, okay. Cardiff, we should have beaten last time. Yeah, I want to get revenge on Cardiff for that one yeah. before. Uh, we're, we're a different team now. I think that was Hassan Hurtle's first game, so we're a different team now. Um, and I'm looking at the home win percentages as well here. Like um, Mark Hughes was at 10%, Pellegrino 27%, and Ralph Hassan Hurtle 50%. Um, that says it all. Yeah, so, yeah must... you can see that he's changed everything around for us. It's it's just such a transformation. Yeah, and we need to get an even higher percentage yeah. by the end of Feb. And do you know that when he took over, we were five points behind Cardiff, and seven matches later, we're three points clear of him. It's so, amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're moving up the table. We're looking energetic throughout. James Ward-Prowse is playing the best football of his career, probably. Um, his creativity as well. He's found something. Um, Did we give him man of the match against Everton? Um, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a candidate for man of the match. Um, did you have him as man of the match? Yep. Oh, actually, you know what? I had Bednarek as my man of the match. Okay, there you go. We can we can uh, split the accolades. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I think that's about right. Yeah, both of them had a had a case for it. So yeah. But, you know, negatives from this game, we still have problems with game management. We still can't see the games out. I don't want to have these nervy finishes all the time, but then, you know, it wouldn't be Saints without a nervy finish, I suppose. And Hasenhurt said that it was the best that he's seen them play, and we could have had four or five. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We could have done. I mean, Jack, Jack Stevens could have had a goal. That would have sold, uh, sunk them, because that would have been 3-0 at that point if Stevens had a, had a gone in. It should have gone in as well. But, you know, instead, you know, we just let them back in all the time. You, you always fear it's going to, you're saying it's going to just, you know, you always feel the worst with them. And I still am uneasy whenever a ball comes into the box because, you know, we see it all the time. It happened against Derby as well. But, yeah, man of the match for me was uh, Bednarek. I thought his blocking, his his passing, that little looped through ball to um Ings was was incredible. That was sublime, yeah. Yeah, interceptions, everything. Yeah, brilliant performance from him. And I think, yeah, he's here to stay. Um, and you're going with Ward-Prowse, yeah? Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. So standings leaves us 15th now on 22 points. Whoa. Heady heights. Yes. that's My head's spinning. That's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so our next game is Crystal Palace on Wednesday, the 30th of January, 7.45 at St. Mary's. Um, yeah, Palace, you, talk, you talked about them briefly um, when we were looking at the fixture list. Uh, another one, difficult to call. You said they can, they can, you know, play with the best. Like yesterday, they played Liverpool at Anfield and only had a narrow defeat there. Yeah, they scored three goals and still couldn't win. <laughs> Doesn't you don't often score three goals at Anfield? So yeah, I mean they're just above us in the league on goal difference in in 14th. You know, I, I, it seems like I say this every time we play, but it's a big game. This <laughs> it's, it's a must win. win. Must win. It's a six. It's a six pointer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is in terms of the league table though. I mean, you win this, you're going to go three points ahead of them. 
So in that regard, it is it is a big game. Yeah, and it's the kind of fixture that you see Palace losing, and the kind of fixture that you see Saints winning. Yeah, well that's that's what we like. Um, but as I said, that they, they play their fourth round FA Cup game on Sunday, the Sunday the twenty seventh, um, and they're at home to Spurs. So do they take it seriously? Do they play Zaha, Townsend, Coyate, or do they just you know, like? Okay, let's concentrate on uh, on the league. Yeah. Um, so yeah, only three days on from us. So hopefully they'll be a little bit, you know, shattered. Hopefully Tottenham can give them a, a, a good run around. But the league has to be their priority. Um, and looking at their league form, you know, they lost yesterday to Liverpool. Um, but you know, put in a brilliant performance. They can't be disheartened with that. If, if, was it four three loss at Anfield? Um, before that, they lost at home to Watford 2-1. But then they went to Molyneux and won 2-0. They lost at home to Chelsea 1-0. Uh, drew 0-0 at home with Cardiff. So, you know, apart from yesterday, they're like they struggling for goals. Goals don't come easy. Yeah, and if they're without Wilfred Zahar for whatever reason, it's like they're just completely impotent. Oh, you could say that about Redmond and Saints, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Predictions. Where are you going with this? Uh, I'm going to go two-one Saints. Oh, I had two-one Saints. Okay, I'll change. You're going two-one Saints. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that we can beat them comfortably, but like I said, Saints and comfortable don't really go together. Um, I, I, I well, basically, I, I can see us winning the game, but I can also see Crystal Palace scoring. But as you've gone two-one, I will probably change my mind and go one-nil. Ooh. I can't see it being being. Um, I can see it being very close. Put it that way. I'm not mm. going to take anything away from from Crystal Palace. So, you know, I'll, I'll say one 0 It's been a long time since we've had a clean sheet. I suppose in that nil nil with uh, Chelsea, but um, yeah, that'd be a well needed clean sheet if it does happen that way. And then we go to Turf Moor on the second of February. That's a three o'clock kickoff to play Burnley. And they've gone from having a real shocker of a season, combining their Europa League efforts with the league and how that's worked out for them. Um, they've really picked up their form recently and um, beaten West Ham, Huddersfield, um, Fulham, but back-to-back, um, beat Barnsley in the Cup and they yeah, drew with Watford yesterday as well. Mm. So they've, they, they've uh, found a little uh, little bit of form at the wrong time. Yeah, I think it have, if this game had been at St Mary's, I would have said, yeah, we're taking a comfortable three points here. Um, but I just think there's something about them that might be the wrong time to be playing them. But having said that, I still think we're going to get a result. So I will say 2-0 away win. 2-0 away win. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, getting two goals at Tyre for more. Yeah. Um, I say with with Tom Heaton back, they've really stepped up the defence, and I, I think it's going to be really tough to to get anything at all. I, I'm still going to go with the Saints win though. I'm going to go one nil on this one. One nil. One nil Saints. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So with that, we're going to check the predictions from last week. 
Derby, I said 2-1 to Saints. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said 1-0 to Saints, so no points for either of us. But then, Everton, uh, you said 1-1, and I said 2-1 Saints, so... Mm, you did. Bang on. Five points, so there's a bit of a gap now. So that leaves the scores 41 to 35 in my favour. I say a bit of a gap, but it's still fairly close, isn't it? It's, it's still close. It's, it's mm. not a lot in it. Six points clear. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's probably the biggest gap it's been. That's why I say there's a gap. But yeah, it's still a long way to go. But yeah. Um, did you do fantasy football this week? Fantasy football, yeah. So there's, um, still the game between Tottenham and Fulham still being played out. They're drawing 1-1 at the moment. Yeah, five minutes to go. Yeah, Harry Kane's not playing either. Nope. No. Um, so yeah, looking at our, in that number of podcast league, um, latest update, Harris Sanjaman is killing it again with 61 points. Oh, had, somebody beat him. It's Mo Salah as captain. Um, yeah, I had Rashford as captain. He did score, but it just wasn't enough. Um, and your Lord of the Ings. Well, yeah. Kane was your captain, he didn't play. Although yeah, Salah's, just, Salah's your vice captain, so I think you might be boosted a little bit, mate. Mm. I think you may be this week's uh, runaway winner. Oh, good. Because you've, you've got Bertrand and Kane, your team, who didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to give you an extra 25 points. So I think, yeah, you've, you've, actually <laughs> you've actually snuck from behind to win it this week with 70 points. Ah. Oh. That's nice. I won. There you go. I said somebody beat him. It turns out it was me. <laughs> it was you, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, my defence was shocking. Um, Pereira, Digne, all derailed, all letting in goals, and yeah, zero points from a whole defence. Yeah, I'm just uh, going uh, around uh, Twitter. There was a little, nice little fan chant. Um, did you see this? Uh, probably, but um, refresh my memory. Um, the Jan Bagnarek fan chant oh yes I did actually tweet him and say oh can I use that for the show yeah, yeah, yeah. last week so yeah um, inspiration courtesy of Saints Chance and they're at SFC underscore chance on Twitter got a lovely little Jan Beknarek uh, chant that they've been trying out at St Mary's do you want to hear it I'd love to hear it alright let's go Jan Bednarek's magic, he wears a magic hat, and if you threw a brick at him, it hit the fucker back. He tackles with his left foot, he clears it with his right, and when he heads it off the line, we'll sing this song all night. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great, that's catchy. And Gabby Dini's gone, so the tune's free, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Actually, you know what? We had, we had an email. Well, we had a post on our Twitter for a question. Um, so I'm going to read it out, if I may. Um, he said, this is from Kevin McGee. He says, how far do you think Ralph Hasenhutzel can get us? Um, are we thinking about Europe? Yeah, Champions League, mate, yeah. Yeah. Simple. No, <laughs> honestly. Um, if we can hold on to him for a few seasons, I thought I think we will be challenging for the Europa League. Yeah. Yeah, I said this on on Matt Markstone show. I answered it on there as well. But it's um, I said yeah, it's easy. It's, it is easy to get carried away when you've had your back to back wins. Um, 
And then I do think if Ralph Hasenhut had started this season in charge, you know, he would have had a full summer training and maybe brought in some players that he would have liked. Then who knows where we would have been this season? You know, he could have. Yeah, we we could be right up there challenging for it. But I do I don't think this season we we need to be thinking about that. We just got to go and I, I'd be quite happy if we stayed where we were right now. We need to stay in up. All honesty, yeah, I just need to start right now and then let him have that that full summer. Like I say, bringing his players, get his whole regime up, um, and then maybe have a go next season, see where we go. But like you say as well, I think the real challenge would be keeping hold of him mm. because you know. If imagine if we do if we do survive this season and next season we go we go and you know make make it into Europe, the possibilities that that are there for him personally, you know anybody could want him and that we're just going to have to go through it again. It, it happened with Pochettino, um, you know Kuman as well went to a, I'm using my fingers as quotations went to a bigger club in Everton. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just the, the, the challenges is to keeping hold of these. It's the same with the players as well. You get a decent player, they start playing well, you lose them to a bigger club. So yeah, that, that's going to be the real challenge is keeping hold of him. Yeah, if but we I mean, can keep hold of him for a couple more seasons, then yeah, you've you got to be happy with it. I mean, we've got to be used to it as Saints fans that we get in these young, promising managers that um, yeah do wonderful things at Saints and then move on to bigger clubs and, and, and do whatever they have to do for them. And the same with the players. So, yeah, I mean, you just have to live with it, I suppose. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. <laughs> it is. No, but, I mean, it's, it's better being that way than, you know, being down in the doldrums or being a, being a stoke or whatever. Well, some people treat it like a business and saying, well, we're making money off, off these people, so what's the problem? But, you know, the fans will not see it like that. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and and Gao being the kind of shadowy figure that he is, that that is worrying. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean, if we can keep up this this strategy that we've got and that's been a proven formula in the past, then yeah, there'll be no trouble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for sending in that question, Kev. It was um. Yeah, it's good. So if anyone anyone else has got any more questions, they can you can always contact us on our email and find us on Twitter and, and on Facebook. We're always gonna gonna give you an answer. So yeah, and we read out as well. So yeah, uh, all right. To hear from you. Um, before we go, I'm going to keep up our regular segment uh, with a little Russian phrase to see us out. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> you ready for this one? It's a good oh, yeah. one this week. Okay, you said that last week. No, but this one's brilliant. It's a really handy one. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, so I want you to imagine a hoodie throwing popcorn around the cinema, right? Yeah. Okay. What is he? He's a he's a scatter yob. Scatter yob. Scatter yob. That's a skate fucker. <laughs> Scatter yob. <laughs> Scatter yob. <laughs> yes, okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a handy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everyone listening needs to uh, remember that. Remember that one. Yeah, next time you're in Portsmouth and you want to slag them off, um, but you don't want to... Well, you don't want to uh, get your head kicked in. Just say, yeah. oh, no way. 93rd minute winner from Tottenham. Amazing. Three minutes thank stoppage you. time. Who have we got Harry to thank Winks. for that one? Harry Winks. Oh, one. oh poor Fulham. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, so we're not back. We're not here next week because um, Saints are not in the cup anymore. So we are back on the 3rd of February. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Um, so that's after the Palace game on the 30th and the Burnley game on the 2nd. So we'll mm-hmm. have two games 
and we'll be previewing the Cardiff City game. So yeah, any questions, send them in. And yeah, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.